Well, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think there's a lot been going on. Been using a lot of video chats, things like that. But I was I was getting ready for our recording tonight, and it occurred to me I was making some tea, and you know, I got one of those faucets that uh, you you pull down, you push down on the little ring thing, and it spits out boiling hot water, which is great because I have a uh, celestial seasoning Bengal Tiger tea here. Because, you know, it's about 10 or 9 here. Uh, I don't want to get too caffeinated, so I'm going to not have caffeine in my tea. You ever get one of those Bengal spices, Bengal spice teas, either of you? No. Uh, is it like a chai spice? Yeah, I think so. It's got it's like Celestial Seasons, and it's got like a fucking tiger on the cover. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's got Yodas and shit on it. Uh, that's that's uh, No. No, no, okay. it doesn't. That's copyrighted. No Yodas. <laughs> no Yodas. Uh, well, <clears throat> but I was doing that, and my 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 lovely wife, she washed the dishes tonight. Now, when she washes the dishes, uh, because she wants to maintain her silky soft hands, she uses a pair of those yellow rubber gloves oh, to wash yes. with. Classic baby. And yes. what what she does is she has them draped over the faucet so that they drain out yeah. or something, <clears throat> which you know. No problem with that, but more importantly, I wanted to ask each of you: What is your position on the yellow rubber dish washing gloves? Don't use them. My 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 delicate software developer hands uh, need some hardening. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I also get it from the gym, so you know I have this weird oh, baby hands. Gym. I think. Yeah, yeah. I have calluses yet fragile, you're, delicate hands. So you got little hands like Robin? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I got big hands. Okay, but, big uh, hands. Oh. Oh, look at that. <laughs> like Trump. <laughs> big, big meat hooks coming at you. No gloves here. No gloves. And uh, no gloves. We, we, we don't have any. I, I've seen them. I was surely trying to like me. They remind me oh. of my youth. I don't know why. I feel like I saw them when I was much younger. People yeah, using a lot them. Of, but, uh, a lot of rubber gloves in here. You? <laughs> I don't know. I just remember like I, don't, I have not seen them in a long time. I know what you talk about. And I have not. I have neither worn nor seen anyone buy them in a long time. Yeah. So. They they are kind. Of, I mean, they're always there in the store for the purchasing, but but mm-hmm. they they're a little 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 rare. Yeah. No, huh. My wife's like yours. So all right. Well, I have I have a a recommendation follow up, Brandon. You might have one too. I finished the first Jack Reacher book. Have you oh. have you finished the book? <laughs> oh. I, I'm like in the middle somewhere. Uh, I'm just lost. I haven't. I I've not made any progress since the last time. In fact, you. I, I always like it. It was a little confirmation bias on my part. Like you didn't like it, so then it gave me permission to be like, well, listen. I don't have to finish this thing, so now I feel bad. Now I'm going to have to go back and finish listening. Yeah, was it good? Was it worth it? <sighs> Not really. It was. Okay. It, it was like 520 pages, and and you know, it just man that that as I said last time, obviously I do not know what I'm talking about because that franchise is hugely successful. Right. So, well, like, I, I've been explaining to my kids that there's not a correlation between things that are popular and successful and things that are good. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's a, that's a uh, mind blower right there. But does, yeah. does it not call it? I feel like this is very much in that Stephen King conversation we've had a while back where I don't, I can't remember, but it's like, I have never really enjoyed a Stephen King book. Right? I, I but like he's them. hugely successful in the same thing. Jack Reacher, right? Of course. Like, I don't know. They've sold like, I don't know how many books are there. Like, there's like, 19 or 20 in the series. So yeah. it's so, I didn't think the movie was really good, but I'd heard many people, and I think we both, Matt Iglesias, who's usually a good of the uh, uh, host of the weeds, he's often good for like, good recommendations. I think we both think he has some good 
uh, the fact that he came out in favor of it was like, oh, well, this will probably be really good. And I was like, no, not at all. Like, not even close. So it does make me wonder, look within and be like, I may be missing something with so many millions of people enjoying it. Yeah, I, well, I, it's I mean, just it just it just uh, <clears throat> as I was I was laying up to it just needs some editing. Like I, I should I should find I'm not going to subject uh, the listeners or ourselves to this, but I, I finally highlighted one passage and my note was this is what's wrong with the book. And it's, ba- it's basically, it's basically like, let's say, I mean, I'm a, you know, let, let's say he, he gets up, uh, out of bed after hanging out with his buddy Roscoe. And he's like, I got out of bed. My feet hit the floor. I found my shirt. I looked for the shirt. I took one hand and I grabbed the shirt. With another hand, I grabbed the other side of the shirt. I spread the shirt out. I pulled the shirt over my head. The shirt went over my head. It's just like every single thing that the guy goes through is explained paragraph by paragraph. And you can imagine when he's trying to solve some, uh, I was going to say global, but I think the crime only happens in the um, hemisphere, the North American. What do we call that hemisphere? Is that Western? What, what, what do you call that? Sure. But Western hemisphere has Europe in it, right? North America. Well, it's North and the Americas. <laughs> It's, it's, it's an America's based crime. And just like, it's very complicated. A lot of moving parts, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. And so like, you could, it just like goes on and on about stuff that just like could be summarized as like, I got out of bed and put my shirt on. Well, at least now, you know, the uninitiated reader knows how to put a shirt on. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Maybe, maybe it's for, you know, your Rip Van Winkle types who, uh, you know, they woke up back when you'd sew your shirt on. And uh, now they want to read some stuff, and they need to learn uh, shirt putting on. Uh, I, know, I feel like we should get equal time. One of the listeners did uh, after I, I criticized the book. He did uh, email in. So this is what he said: "He says a killing floor." I think that was the name of the, that's the name of the book. Yeah, Kill, yeah. Killing floor, chapter eleven. You're missing some spectacular murders. The climax is crazy too. And he says probably better to read the book. Um, so there you go. You know he. He, and he also says maybe read the book rather than listen to it is better. But uh, you know, so so there you go. We'll give it equal time. So appreciate Chris like uh, yeah, sending yeah. us some feedback on our book recommendations. Although I've tried again. I'm, I'm listen. I'm not going to make it. I'm I'm going to just I'm I'm going to I'm telling everyone now. I'm I'm out. I probably won't make it. Maybe they'll make another Jack Reacher movie. I'll try that again. Yeah, I'm not going to start. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to pull a uh, Nassim Taleb Tyler Cohen where basically you just like you don't like a book you just stop reading it which I think I think works out well with maybe physical books because you know you can just kind of get rid of them but like the problem is you buy Kindles like you know then what what like my Kindle has like a thousand books on it I don't worry yeah is there a way to like get it get it out of you can you hide it yeah 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 well you can remove it from the device but you can also just say like um sort by access or whatever so mm. once things are like off the first page they kind of you know Last start modified the, the back yeah. yeah and then you you know you drop some money on a humble bundle and it all like shows up at the front of your queue and like whoa that that's in a think- kindle or is this what your og vorbis sort of thing no 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 they some of their stuff is kindle oh um huh. they'll, they'll they'll send you uh what is it epub versions oh yes yeah yeah <clears throat> that and See, we're 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 deep in the weeds of recommendations already. But yeah, uh, better six than oh, rubber before gloves. Before we go on. on, I was gonna say, I just quick side topic here. Now that everyone's a lot, many people are at home and maybe watching and consuming more media than normal. Do you have the following problem? 
on the Netflix recommendation, I will see things that it recommends with something like 98% probability that I will like it. Then I will go to Rotten Tomatoes and it will have like a six, right? Like the, the, the and it's like, I, I'm okay with like, yeah, you know, not, not that these ranking algorithms need to be the, similar, but is it, is the Netflix one just like completely fake? Cause I don't understand yes. how like some of these Rotten yes. Tomato reviews can be like less than 10. Like I generally would say if something is less than 10, I'm not going to like it either. But like, but not only will Netflix recommend it, it will give me like almost 98 or 99 prob- probability in that little score. And I just, so it makes me just but, wonder, like, mm. is there anything actually happening? Is there some math that's really going on back there? Like, I can't be that that far off. I think it, it used to probably work. And now it's just like, hey, you watch Netflix. You should watch more Netflix. And the recommendations always seem to be for their shows. It's never for, like, you know, Ooh. any movies because those are dropping off, you know, rapidly. And so they're always like, you know, oh, you watch The Crown. You should watch you know, some other show that is only available on Netflix. Yeah. See, that's what I think is weird about the whole thing, because there are shows on Netflix that I think are excellent, like Ozark oh, yeah. is going to come out. I think I just watched this uh, series, Cheer, which was sort of the sports series, following cheerleading, which was fascinating, surprisingly good. And it's like, so they don't need to, uh, this is always things, like, don't, they don't, don't worry, like, I'm in. I'm, my sister's <laughs> just not going anywhere. Just make it easier to find Especially stuff. Like, now. you don't, yeah. don't push, but all this other stuff, like, there's some Michael Bay movie that came out the other day. I watched like 10 minutes. And I was like, this is the most awful thing I've ever seen. Like, why are you, why is this? Should, this is like, and then you go to Rotten Tomatoes. You're like, it's like zero. You're like, well, yeah, I don't know what Netflix is thinking here. They're just recommending their new content. They're right. recommending that you well, keep watching Netflix. Content. Listen, I, I, that's my, my, my hope for all the people working on Netflix. is like, let's spend a little bit more time on their algorithm. Let's not be afraid to, to give things low ranking. I'm still signed up. No one's going anywhere. It would just be easier to find new things. You know, I feel like maybe maybe this idea I have is some kind of like 2004 Doc Searles bullshit, but like maybe it would be great. You could just turn off the recommendations like exactly that, that would be fun to be like, you know what? I don't want any recommendations. Don't don't I tell don't me how to live my fucking life. Yeah. Right. Like that. That would be uh, <laughs> like you can you can turn off that preview pre-roll thing yeah. nowadays. Uh-huh. Right. Like I would love an option just in fact, maybe that's a robots.txt thing. That's just like turn off recommendations. Yeah, I, I don't like want it. recommendations. Like, although I will say, after hating the uh, autoplay uh, previews, I've I've come to like them now. I don't know what happened. I just mm. I, d- I never thought I'd like it, but I leave it on. It's I'm probably it's now. probably because like me, you watched every episode of The Witcher, and you're like, man, if they would have just previewed this, I would have not watched this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was immediately out on that. I'm like, this is way too complicated. Oh. I'm not even trying to pretend I'm keeping up with this. I don't know. It was it was like watching like a bunch of Duplo blocks in like junior high like theater class. <laughs> I don't really know what what was up with that. That that was that was not cool. Well, you know, hey Matt Ray, now you have been living that life of uh, uh, sales engineering or architecting or whatever it is you do yes. on, on this uh, this. Uh, well, first of all, Exciting times. first of all, I don't know how you're going to get executive platinum this year. So good luck. <laughs> but but you you've you've been it's uh, not happening. you've been flying by the seat of your office chair there. And I, I read somewhere that you've been using Microsoft Teams now. Now, Ooh. I don't bring up Microsoft Teams so that we can make fun of it. I've already made fun of the Witcher. Right. You know, so uh, I'm set. But like fish in a barrel. what even is Microsoft Teams? Oh, boy. Well, yeah, I, I have a very separate rant on the whole status thing. 
Um, I got gold before the year was over, so yay. Um, but uh, yeah, teams. So so teams is teams appears to have some twisted lineage from links to Skype for business to teams. I, are they all the same product? I don't know. But I, you know, it's one of those things that I kind of drop in on maybe once a year. And this last week, uh, one of the banks I work with is you know there. Uh, everyone's working from home now. You know, which is hard, really hard for banks. <laughs> um, yeah. And and so usually I'm like, here's my Zoom link. You know, let's have a Zoom until I found out that they were actually passing my personal Zoom internally. And so like Ooh. I hopped on a call and it was full of customers. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the, between that and having calls with uh, with SIs where, you know, you hit the the 45 minute point. And Slack's like, this meeting's over. Or, or Zoom's <laughs> or like, Zoom? this meeting's yeah, over. Because yeah. yeah, they don't yeah. pay for it's it. Yeah. That's a feature. I believe that's a feature. I love oh, that. Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. oh, but, gotta go, guys. So, so um, like, first, uh, first tip for practicing hygiene in this work-from-home world is uh, don't, don't make it so anyone can use your personal link without you there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, so what you're telling me is Teams is like the video chat thing. Well, it's, I think it also has like the Slack aspects. Right. Yeah. No, I use, we use it quite a bit on my job. So like teams is essentially SharePoint. What was the chat functionality? And then Skype, you take all of that together Mm. and you, it's sort of vaguely, it's, I really shouldn't say it's, it's like Slack at all, but it's sort of on the left-hand side, you have kind of like all the quote teams, right? So you can create much like in Slack, you can create lots of different Slacks and create lots of different teams. But then it has sort of behind the scenes, someone described it as sort of like, you know, Teams is like a front end to SharePoint. So you can kind of put all your files in there. But much like SharePoint, it, it quickly can become unwieldy. Like it's just right. very confusing. And then uh, in addition to that, it has like a built in wiki. Each team will have a wiki. But as far as I can tell, it's just one wiki. And then you have the files and then you have like the chat functionality that you'd see in like lots of other things, but it's in like another tab. And then, of course, you have the video conferencing. So the idea is that you would. Put everything you need, your files, your chat, your wiki, and then your video conference would all happen in Teams. But in practice, it's, it. I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's just like off a little. Like it's just very, <sighs> and then of course it needs its own client. So yep. anytime that um, someone has never encountered it, right? Like so most of the other web platforms, you just send them a link. Maybe they do a little quick browser plugin, but they're usually on pretty quick. But if you send somebody a link to like a Teams meeting, and they have never, you know, mm-hmm. used it. You're committing them to like this full install, and then that's yep. a whole nother. I mean, most a lot of times the company won't do it, or it doesn't work, or corporate policies prevent it. It's just sort of like it's almost like one of those things where it requires enough um, access on your machine that it, it raises to the point of like, you know, you don't necessarily want to install it. Whereas like someone sends you like a Teams or a WebEx, like maybe something gets installed, but you kind of they almost like they don't even see it, right? So well, um, makes right. it very frustrating. All right, all right. Let, let, you know, you know, I, I for when I was at Pivotal, I mean, whatever that means when I was, when I am, it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Like we used, we used Google. Everything was a SaaS, right? Yeah. yeah. And I just like, like, so now, now you know, we're in this, we're uh, we're integrating, we're 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 synergizing. So we still got the Google because, like, you know. You can't just get rid of that in like two months. 
and uh and and then we got we got the office 365 and we got the jira confluence and then we also got like some sharepoint sites and then oh, we got, got everything we got a vmware intranet and then on the intranet you got this you got that and it's just like what the fuck right like it's just i mean now i'm a big boy i understand how this stuff happens <laughs> but it's just like i i feel like just like the google stuff is great just use that Right. Like there's no like like all you need to get is a browser. It works on all your phones. You can use like whatever 2FA you yeah. want. It's just like it all works like. Kinda. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it all works to the extent of like it's better than that other bullshit. Yeah. Right? Like it's just like <laughs> like you don't. Have, yeah. It's just frustrating. Yeah, flip it around. Would you really go all Google? Like are you going to give up PowerPoint? office because i think that this is the part that this is why they get dragged together it's like somebody's there well okay this is we need we need office right so this is exactly how it happens it's like yeah yeah there's a group of people like okay we all got to have powerpoint word we got to use word because that's the only way we can do contracts and then there's a very uh loyal community to exchange and outlook right i think those are where like the microsoft base of people Oh, I think totally, totally. point. Yeah, those yeah, yeah. tools are really good, and so so someone signs up for the fine. We're getting the Office 365 subscriptions for everybody. Let's just make it easy, okay? And then there's the flip side of what you're saying is like, hey, why don't we have Google? It's easy. We can share files, and then that gets instituted, and then it just becomes at that moment what you said before: chaos ensues. It's just stuff starts to go everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, and at that point, you just like it's just like emergent behavior. It's like. The most popular application just wins in an organization. Yeah, yeah. I you know, so I, I did try finally moving uh, to the Google Slides to make stuff, right? And oh. and uh, uh, I, I tried all the way up to the point where I actually wanted to present it, right? And maybe I did something wrong, but I did, like, presentation mode. And, mm-hmm. like, and like, there's – you can – you bring up some separate window for the controls – and like the preview, and yeah. I was like, "What no. the fuck is this?" Like, no and one has. You, you did export, export to PowerPoint. Exactly, and you ran it exactly. PowerPoint. And it, so, so, <laughs> yes. so, yes, yes. The you know, slides are a problem, and I and I think I I always I always think whenever uh, that happens with slides is like clearly the programmers who make this never give presentations. Like they don't actually they don't actually make presentations, right? Well, see, I. I, and, I I, but I never, I never go the 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 word to Google Doc. Yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. Now, now, yeah, that now, doesn't, now I don't that, need that. That's the part that's really good. Any, anyways, anyways. I mean, everything's got problems, but like, I'm not sure. Like, we, we just don't need all this mess. Someone needs to just give up. Like, and and you know what? <laughs> I think I think in this case, I mean, it's hard to pick between the two. But I think uh, I don't know. I think Microsoft should give up. They just need to throw in the towel. <laughs> And just go go all in on the Azure stuff, and well, just sort well, of, I, you know what they should do? I, you know what they what they should do is they need to call up the uh, the Google people and be like, they get their their corp dev people and be like, hey, hey, how's it going? Uh, we've got a great asset you might be interested in buying. I know that you basically just made fifty billion dollars last week. How about you just give that to us and we'll give you Office? I mean, that would be great just to consolidate these two things together, and they'll be, I, and they'll be like. The Microsoft people would be like, whoa, how about antitrust? And then Google will be like, bro, we just did a huge favor for that Trump guy last week. Totes cool. Like, it's not going to be a problem. Like, <laughs> right, well, okay, why, well, let me throw out a different solution. What if Microsoft bought Slack, right? Mm. And they were like, okay, we're going to put the, the Slack functionality. We're going that direction. We're going we're gonna to say, hey, Teams maybe didn't go perfect. 
Slack, and it, they consolidate, and then it's like we had Slack, Office, Outlook, and Exchange all in like one world. Yeah, I was like, yeah. That, that seems like it would probably work yeah. out. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I think, let, let me, let me come at it from a different approach. I barely understand the following phrase, but I think maybe what I actually want is a zero trust model. They, <laughs> I, I want, I want a world where there are no VPNs, right? Oh, where it's okay. basic, where it's, cause that, I think, I think thinking about it, that's the, the advantage of the Google tool chain is there's no like, there's no intranet. Right. Like you, you just you just like they're not attempting synergies with back office. Yeah. Yeah. So so like there's not all this. There's not all, all right, these so like it sounds like we're going to buy sites. Cloudflare as well. That sounds like that's going to be OK. Microsoft needs to buy Slack and uh, Cloudflare. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll get we'll get it all together and uh, it's all going to be it's all going to work out. Speaking of oh, which. So so I saw that Slack has an update now. Yeah. Per usual, I have not read uh, the news about it. The only thing that I think this morning or yesterday morning I looked at it and there was a screenshot and it was like Slack's most dramatic update ever. And I looked at the screenshot and I was like, oof, they got a weird definition of drama because it, it really <laughs> didn't seem like much had changed. But I have a feeling there probably are. Th- what, what, are what are the major changes? What, what do I have to look forward to here? Give me the Eclipse release notes that I used to love reading way back when in the, the 2000s. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I read, did read the article, but I have not, I don't know what, don't what have, how, yeah. how the, yeah, like when the updates are being, um, like, you know, p- pushed out. So I, maybe uh. next week I'll check in again. Now I, but my initial reaction, cause I, I think I put it in there cause I, I, I guess I care. I care more about this than I, like, I hate to, uh, I'd like to admit, but, uh, it, <laughs> the screenshot they showed made it look a little bit by like teams and i was yes. like kind of freaking out right because that's why <laughs> when i was reading the article i was like oh my god don't like no but i don't but now, now i should say and i went to try to like i tried to do the automatic software update and it just says you know nothing yet so it hasn't come out yet so i'm just delaying my opinion of it but the initial thing was many of the the enhancements in the sidebar seem to be ideas that are already in teams and my immediate thought was like oh no they've been doing some competitive analysis they've gotten some feedback and they they're, they're potentially trying to take some ideas from microsoft and i'm like this this doesn't look good and so, we'll so, we'll so like see uh, what it looks like so from what you were saying about teams it sounds like one of the major things is like files right like it's it's like you're doing shit with files is what's going on there right yeah, I mean, I guess I would just summarize it this way: like Teams tries to do four or five different things, and it really may, and they're you know kind of the classic, and it makes it difficult to do anything. Whereas Slack mm. is so streamlined, right, and it's so easy to move between channels and have lots of different conversations going, and essentially like everything else can very easily be if you know if that's what you're trying to do, very easily avoided uh, inside Slack. So I don't know. It looks like Slack wants to do more, and I guess this would be a question for the Slack strategy, like. I believe you can still do video conferencing in Slack. I've never used it. I think I maybe used it one time. So I don't know if their their you know their strategy is like we need to own all this too. But I, I would say don't like don't like that yeah, tool is yeah. almost perfect as it is. But they may feel like well that's the only way we're going to defeat Teams is if we have files and we have video and we have like a wiki kind of thing like a confluence kind of wiki thing and it's like oh no just please don't like this I mean, is actually really good what you have here just keep it that way. I mean I think I think I think the the dream team right is if you combine together uh, Slack Zoom and like a Dropbox and then you just you're just done with all this bullshit. I guess you don't have email but that might be the whole bold thing. I mean that would be that would be the uh uh 
what do you call this space collaboration? I forget what you call it. Like yeah. that, that would be the collaboration space equivalent of launching a systems management company. That's only a SaaS. Like it would, yeah. it would last for a couple of years and eventually you would add email in. But like, if you pulled those three together, I think you would, uh, you'd have a lot of bases covered. It would, it, I, and I mean, I, I, th- I think there's a lot of value in keeping them separate though. You, you make each of them try to be the best at what they do instead of like 80% okay and across yeah. five categories yeah that, why can't they make it a hundred percent okay that's <laughs> that's that's what i want to know but i think this is kind of to your zero trust uh methodology it is kind of nice where just you just have a service really really good at one thing keep them doing that you can just get to it wherever you want use it as a service and um as a user it's really not that big a deal to move between that's slack true. zoom and box and so maybe they all feel like they need to encroach on each other to like gain revenue. But like from the user standpoint, it's, it's nice. It's almost nice. It's like, Oh, zoom. It just, I'm just here for video conferencing. Everything's set up that way. And then you, and what does everyone do? They just put their Slack window next to their zoom conference. Right. And you're like, boom, I've got like real mm-hmm. live time chat going anyway. And that's perfect. That, that's really what I want. I don't yeah, want it all together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see, you know, it, it might be nice to have a, uh, the equivalent of a picture in picture with those things. Right. Cause there's always that chat thing in zoom and it's just like, I don't know what that thing's doing there. That's like a third well, art. Like it's, and, it, and it's Slack, just annoying. Yeah. I think Slack, they bought screen hero. And as far as I know, they've totally killed off all their live voice stuff. Mm. Is that gone, gone? I don't know. But I mean, it, it, as you, as these companies get bigger and bigger, they have to start looking at ways to take revenue from the ecosystem around them. Right they're, they They start saying, well, you know, if the if the cons- if the consumer if the you know enterprise has a million dollars to spend on on IT, uh, and we show up and we ask for you know three hundred thousand of it, and you know Slack gets three hundred thousand and Zoom gets three hundred thousand, well, we are going to have a hard time growing ours unless we take from them. Yeah. And so as you see, there there's a couple of uh, companies last couple weeks have gotten some funding, you know that where they've kind of been tools vendors and now they're like oh well actually we've been platform vendors all along you know if you are in an adjacent space you're gonna be like oh they're coming from my slice of the pie now right yeah so we'll yeah. we'll see how that goes lots of pie. i will say i'm gonna say some uh i'm actually gonna some real-time feedback here so slack's new update is coming out but i'm gonna read from the verge here now they start okay. with the, the the uh the the phrase they start was unfortunately but i actually think this is good Unfortunately, the new sidebar section features will only be available on paid Slack plans, not free versions. So I'm going to count that as a win. So for those of you who joined the software-defined talk Slack, Slack, where we have never paid for anything, don't worry. (laughs) You're going to continue to use what I'm going to call the the optimized version of Slack going forward. So if your company, I guess, has has upgraded, uh, you know, then you're going to get get the new sidebar. So maybe there's an option to turn off the new sidebar because Mm. I kid you not, in the example here. And the sidebar that they show, the first thing that they show, uh, the, the first section is team. It actually starts with team, then projects, and they are, uh-oh, that is a very, that has a very Microsoft Teams flavor. So, so again, I, I don't thank us now um, that we didn't pay for anything and we're keeping you on the free version. I think this, this is definitely a feature of joining the Software Defined Talk community. I, I, I do like that the, the whole uh, ethos of, you know, 
you got something free, we'll, we'll take it. Uh, that <laughs> STT kind of embraces. I like the fact that it showed up in, in Cote's Legion uh, for his. <laughs> That's right. Johnny <laughs> Legion is strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, slack plastic. Slack plastic. Well, you know, speaking of, uh, you you were you were trying to artfully segue, Matt Ray. Now, before we get before we get to the other news, hey, you know, maybe you want to listen to another podcast. You know, what you should do after you listen to this podcast and our entire back catalog, and you've uh, you've expunded the is expunded a word? You've expunged. Expunged. I don't know. You you've extinguished that task from your list. You you could go listen listen to Arrested DevOps if you just search go to arresteddevops.com. There's two D's in there. I'll let you guess where. Uh but it's a it, I think they I just saw they have a new episode out. I don't know what it is, but I just saw that it popped up. I should go listen to it. But it's a great podcast in the same vein and also if I may slip in an ad. <clears throat> I I've I've restarted up the uh, the old Drunken Retired podcast. Now, let me check as always, uh, this is going to be this week's corner. Cote thinks DNS is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Uh, le- <laughs> yep, sure doesn't work. This site can't be reached. DNS probe finished index domain. I don't know. I went to Namecheap. I pasted in what old Dan Benjamin on Fireside told me to do. Doesn't fucking work. I don't know how hard it is. This name should go over here. But no, there's C names and A names and IP addresses and wild cards. And it's just like... Dude, can I scan a QR code to make this bullshit work? No, you can't. You've got to go read some fucking book. Like, I, I, I don't know. Anyways, if, if you go to, uh, drunkenretired.fireside.fm, you can, uh, you can find that. And I'm gonna, the episode's gonna post sometime, but I have a, a gaggle of listeners and we'll be doing other stuff. We, uh, for those of you who like bread, the first episode is all about bread. So you should, uh, you should. Okay. We'll probably have Matt and Brandon here. on at some point, but it, I, I, oh, yeah. I, I, it's, it's, uh, we have it set up to be just sort of like rotating people. Um, and, uh, so, so, you know, listeners would probably enjoy that, uh, as a <clears throat> thing in the world, <laughs> <laughs> but this this world's got a lot of things going on right now. So speaking of funding, so HashiCorp. They uh they got uh now 175 million in funding. I forget how yeah. much funding they've had total. They, it says that's a five billion dollar valuation. Now I started, I started trying to figure out like how much how much does a five billion dollar valuation imply as far as a multiple in revenue, and I I got bored with that. I didn't get bored. I was just kind of you know I figured I'd do a table of like I don't know do they got 80 million? Do they got 100 million? Is it 200 million? What are we talking about here as far as the revenue? Don't, don't they usually say like you know, ten to twenty times revenue. Uh, I don't even. I I haven't read that closely, uh, Matt Ray. Uh, well, no, I mean not them. I I, I just thought that was like a oh a kind of industry hand wavy like you know yeah yeah when yeah you, when, when you pull a valuation out of your ass. So you know, so you, what 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 would that be? I grew up on the imperial system, so I don't know metric. If you had uh, <laughs> if if you had like a five billion and that was on a ten x, what is that? Uh, two five hundred million. Five, so that would be five hundred. I mean, come on, five hundred million in revenue. How how would you even get that much revenue? Well, then then, then you call it the twenty x, and then it's two hundred fifty million. Oof, man, that's some cash. What? Okay, this brings me to the point that I want to know. <clears throat> so, what exactly do they do? <laughs> well, they've got uh, they've got a, a suite of of products. They've got Terraform, right? That's Terraform. That seems yeah. like the most popular one. Yeah, but. I don't know how you make money with Terraform. 
Um, What's I, I guess, that? What, as I say, maybe you can teach us all. What is it like terraform? What is it? And then, of course, you need to compare and contrast the chef. Because I'm always like, I, I'm always like, I, I think chef does that. About terraform at about oh, chef and man. terraform at, at hashi talks. All right, I gotta watch. I gotta watch. They're, they're better together. That. Didn't you watch my talk, man? We'll have to put <laughs> Sadly, that in the I show. Didn't. Yeah, stuff's been happening here. I've got a lot. Of, okay. There's a lot of people in the house now. Not going not, on. Uh, they're they're not all in favor of watching uh, your. You got talks. a big TV. Put me on it. All right, done. <laughs> done. You know, you know. Let, 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 let me jump into this parenthetical. You've given me some good ideas uh, for classwork during the homeschool. I could be like. We're going to watch the Matt Ray series of videos, and I'm going to want oh, you to no. write an essay on it. Oh, no. <laughs> like, like here, here's Matt's talk at, at, at Hashi Talks. Oh, here's Emacs Conf. You know, what we're going to do is, is, is we're, we're going to go all the way back to, to the first one I can find, and then we're going we're gonna to watch them, and I'm going to say, I want you to write a, uh, a one-page paper about how Matt Ray's uh, style has evolved over the last 10 years. Really right. kind of pick out some motifs. Kind of like, you know, let's, let's do a little like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want you to just read the text. I mean, you can, you can do a pure textual analysis or you can just do like a kind of, you know, meta analysis of what's going on. But let's, let's do some early, you know, you're, you're 10 years old. You should be able to do some literature criticism nowadays. Let's, let's write this <laughs> shit up and then, uh, and then we'll submit that to Matt and see if he survives. I, I look forward to, uh, to talks about my, my, um, uh-huh. meeting style when i was a community manager so oh, yes but let's let's get back to a terraform now terraform yes 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 terraform. that's basically so, like that's basically like i want to install some software on this stuff no, no? okay what's a terraform do <laughs> <laughs> definitely not so so when we say infrastructure is code uh-huh right uh you're talking about like all the infrastructure from creating a vpc to the load balancers to the yeah. allocating storage to um registering dns entries because you gotta love that right to actually requesting servers be provisioned all that infrastructure as code that's what terraform does right 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 that's what i mean is like you you're like i want to take all of this like uh like but, but, but at servers no point are you stuff. actually running software on those servers oh right, right i mean software as in like i need to install shit like people use terraform to install kubernetes right like they it seems like yeah, people well, people use to terraform to in, to install clouds basically like it's the thing that yeah, knows well, how to, to like to, stick to your put, to put a bunch of infrastructure on a cloud right and, and then by, when you by infrastructure it's like software infrastructure so in theory if i had a bunch of servers and they're just sitting there waiting to become a cluster of something like, so who, who, what, what layer is? No, no, no. The Terraform is actually saying, yo, I need a cluster. Yeah, yeah. And not like, I need the stuff that runs on the cluster. And then when, so Terraform has a concept of provisioners. And provisioners are the things that actually put things on boxes. And that's, that's what Chef does. Uh, and that's what you know, oh, Haskell so does. you've already got an operating system on the server, and Terraform Terraform attaches to it and puts stuff in the operating system. It says, you know, hey, oh, okay, a, okay, okay. You've got plugins for you know whatever, however you like to configure that box. I see. You know, do you want a bash script? Yeah, we can run that for you. I oh, always you thought I always thought it was the thing that puts the operating system there for you. Now, what puts the operating system there for you? So, so they have another project uh, called Packer. And what oh. Packer does is it builds um, OSs, operating systems, where you're like, hey, I, I know I need a golden image to run. I need an, a, an AMI. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be the base image for everything we do. And Packer lets you 
bootstrap a, an OS from scratch and install or remove whatever you want on that box. And so, and then it, 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 Packer spits out, you know, VMDKs or AMIs or Docker images. And so Packer is an image builder. And so you, okay. you would use Terraform to like stand up a bunch of boxes and you say, hey, I have these images I built with Packer, run those. But, you, but, 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 you don't, but Terraform doesn't stand up like an operating system. Someone's got to put the operating system on there. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they recommend using Packer. Um, and then that's kind of their, their one-two punch of, you know, oh, if you're doing cloud native where you have, um, you know, infrastructure as code and everything is immutable, you can use Packer. Well, unfortunately, uh, a lot of times you actually have to manipulate the operating system after it's running. Um, and so, you know, that's what my little talk was about. Like, Hey, chef has a provisioner for configuring that box after it's launched. Um, Habitat has a provisioner for slapping a supervisor on that and, and installing software on it. Uh, and then, you know, we've got compliance around what you've just provisioned and that's what I kind of work on. And that was my talk, you know, what, what chef does in that little ecosystem. And then, well, what other products does HashiCorp have? They've got Console, which is everyone's favorite service discovery. You know, um, where Console is is going to, uh, you know, Console now competes with your your Istios and the like, and allows you to have a place where you go and you say, you know, hey, here's some information. I need to write it to boxes. Uh, everyone shares this piece of information among them all. That's what Console does. And it's got like an agent that can write things on your local machine. Um, and, and so, and then they have uh, Nomad, which is a Kubernetes competitor. Uh, Nomad, you know, used to compete with Docker Swarm and Kubernetes and Mesosphere, and it's still kicking. Um, they have, you know, some really happy users who it, it's kind of simple compared to Kubernetes, but uh, everyone who uses it that I talked to is like, it works great. Yeah. Um, what else do they have? Let's and then see. They so, have... Okay. Okay. So we got, we got, uh, we got four things so far. You got a, you got a Terraform, right? And you're yep. like, I got a bunch of servers that already have an operating system installed on them. Right. And I want to, I want to install more software on those servers that are set up for me. Now, does it also configure like your F5s and stuff like that for you? Yeah. And it'll configure yeah, like yeah. your cloud services stuff. So it's basically yep. like, if there's an API to configure a thing, it'll go and configure that thing. Now, now is Terraform one of these things where it actually has the SSH screen scraping in there, or do you have to go then use something else to actually do the work? Some some of them are quite so it, it's it's all plugins, right? So some of them okay. are are probably you know there's some there's some esoteric shit out there. So there might where, there might be either either HashiCorp or some open source person writes configuring whatever the thing or yeah. or they have their their uh their partner people have gone and worked with some partners who like write that that plugin that fits into terraform to to do it with their devices so you yep. can go to my favorite you go to the CyberArk people i don't really know what a yep. CyberArk is and with terraform you could be like configure my CyberArk stuff and yep. set it up yep. and then you got the console and the console is like i basically need the same dot file on all these servers I got to go yeah. to like the Etsy thing and I want all the files to look the same on these servers and consoles like, got it. I'm going to go 
use whatever wingdings I got to go update the, you know, slash Etsy on all these machines with the files that you want. And then you got the packer, which is like, I'm going to make an image that you can use. Like you got an operating system and then here's an image that you can run as a VM on that server. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you got the nomad, which basically monitors for configuration drift and enforces the servers looking how you want. I mean, no, 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 nomad is, is just whenever somebody says Kubernetes, say nomad. Right, right. But you can reduce Kubernetes down to like, I want these servers to look like this. And if they don't look like this, kill them and make them look like this. Right. It's just a, it's just like a cluster manager. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then. Yeah. The thing that actually makes money is the only thing left. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know their financials, but I bet the thing that makes most of their money is what's left. Uh, and that's Vault, uh-huh. which is secrets management. That's mm. what enterprises like to pay for, right? Brandon uh, loves that. I am. I'm in. You're in, right? And and so Vault is, you know, hey – you have all these disparate machines on the internet and they need to have a way of managing their secrets and, you know, keeping, you know, giving access to things for a base in time or, you know, revoking access and, you know, managing private keys and, you know, how do we get our SSL everywhere? That's what, that's what vault is. And so, anecdotally, which is the only, you know, data that I have because they're private, like that's what makes them money. Is is HashiCorp Vault? I oh see. yeah, that's a vagrant, but right, right, right. I mean that's way, way off in the distance. <laughs> so I wonder <laughs> why. Like, I guess is it such a strong value proposition because you don't, for example, you don't want to use like AWS's uh, what is it Vault Key Vault Restore? or something because because yeah. you don't um because you don't you don't necessarily have AWS or if you did right. yeah so I guess I guess it's sort of hybrid cloud I guess I don't know distributed distributed security I guess that's what Vault is really bringing to the yeah, table yeah. is that what the yeah. uh, and, and, and so their competitors will be like the cloud native versions of it. You know, Amazon mm-hmm. has one, Google has one, Microsoft has one. But unless you're all in, you're still going to need something. Yeah, you have uh, to do something. CyberArk yeah. is definitely a competitor, but you know, um, anecdotally, you know, uh, I see nothing but Vault, um, and so that's that's where they make their money. Uh, and it's it's open source, but of course, it's got you know the commercial add-ons of like you know integration into your hardware uh, key stores and, and, you know, all that fun uh, enterprise add-ons. And yeah, so they've got their whole ecosystem of, you know, their mm-hmm. six, six projects and each one of them has a commercial open core aspect to them where they try to monetize them. You know, Terraform has a uh, SaaS version. Um, Terraform has some security scanning stuff that uh, can be put on it, like, you know, access management, who's allowed to make changes to what pieces of cloud infrastructure. There's open source competitors to their mm-hmm. commercial implementations. So, you know, there's obviously some tension there. Um, Terraform is the standard as far as like open source infrastructure as code goes. But, man, there are a lot of open issues. <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting, though, I, I think, um, I know Vault is more than just a password manager, but I, I, oh, yeah, I do yeah. find that, um, like, just in my own personal life, like, the password manager is, like, the stickiest of all software. Because I've, I've been using 1Password for a long time, and I finally, they went kind of SaaS, and I finally upgraded, and I'm paying them now. And it's just, it's just so, I mean, I, have, I don't know, I think I have some, like, you know, several hundred accounts in there. 
And it's like, yeah, I'm never leaving. Like I'm just, it just would be so painful to try to get all this out and like set up like last pass. So I was setting up my son who's now at home a lot, like probably everywhere. And I was, so we kind of broken through, like starting up, signing up for lots of accounts, got him a Google account, all kinds of things, a zoom account. And, and uh, so I set him up with last pass cause it's still free, but it's like, I was talking to him. I'm like, you know, when we do this, like you're going to have this for, I told him two things. Like when well, I made him an email address and Gmail and then his, and his password manager, it's like, you need to think about these because it's going to be with you for a long time. Maybe potentially even after I'm gone, you're going to be stuck with this stuff. So choose wisely now, my friend. So I know it's kind of interesting in the case of HashiCorp, like, yeah, Vault, I'm sure once you get a lot of stuff in it, you're just like, nah, we're never, it doesn't matter what we have to pay. <laughs> we're never leaving. Whereas everything else, you're like, ah, we could switch this stuff but, out. But of I, that, I've, you know? I've seen, you know, I've seen, customers migrate from from one tool to another um i think uh i think x matters is another competitor or no that's that's no uh, no that's the notifications right? that, that's notifications yeah mm-hmm. i've seen people move from CyberArk to hashi and i've seen people move from hashi to amazon so i know that you know where there's a will there's a way um and you know people will do that i think it's harder for humans right i mean for like if I had to move off a password manager, that sounds a lot harder than moving off of like secrets management. Yeah, maybe so. You're right. I guess once you kind of get the automation of creating the secrets, especially if you're going to go in all in, like I actually think the AWS one, I was using that the other day. I think that's fine. It's like once you're kind of in there, I guess, I mean, that's just if you sort of are okay with being locked into AWS, you're like, yeah, this is just much easier. Just do it here. Leave everything yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's like some fraction of sense. You're like, yeah, okay, I can afford that, right? You're just like, it was an easy yes uh, on that yeah, one. But but to get to five billion dollars, you know, to get that valuation, you, they're going to have to ramp up, you know, their their sales, which means they're going to have to hire, you know, a lot of salespeople right now. Which I don't know about you, but it's not looking great for mm-hmm. for sales out there. Um, you know. Holding your customers is not terrible, but uh, you know, getting new ones might be harder. Um, well, maybe we just don't know. I mean, I, you know, who knows? Maybe consoles. I mean, something. It's hard to believe it's it's all vault, right? I mean, I don't I don't have any information, so I have to go with what yeah, you're, you're saying. But maybe there's just it's a bigger, uh, more people buy into the whole ecosystem here than uh, maybe we're le- than we think. Probably, probably. I mean. All I know is, you know, the customers I interact with and I'll say like, you know, oh, are you using the commercial version of, you know, that product? And they're like, no. But when it comes to Vault, you got to pay, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's open source, but pretty fast people are like, our secrets are stored in something that's not paid for. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that, well, it, it, it seems like, I mean, from my anecdotes and, and, and uh, as I say, the illuminating education of myself here, that they have a bunch of tools that work well that people like, which yeah. which seems like looks like a good investment. Like as 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 long as uh, as long as the yeah, people yeah. at the top don't lose their fucking minds like other places. I will. I then, mean, I, uh, you're, part of me says you're right, but I don't know. You know, if you just kind of think, I, one way to think of it is just the life cycle of you know images, right? So it's like Packer create an image, Terraform take an image. And deploy it to a server, right? Console, check the image, make sure it's in compliance. Vault, protect, you know, to the passwords. And it's like, yes, all that makes sense. And I can see if people really like it and this is easy to use, people do it. But there are a lot. Like when you walk through that life cycle, I mean, not to mention like VMware and many others, right? There are many, many people, Chef, of course, too, right? That could do a lot of this. So I guess that's the question, just defensibility, right? This stuff is so, I mean, people 
change their opinions of this stuff so quick that um, that's, that would yeah. worry me a little bit. Because it, it is like a, especially with like Nomad, it's like this alternate ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, what if we never went into Docker Swarm and we went over here to Nomad and we were happy with what we had and it just worked. And then they're like, and then, you know, the people in that Nomad community, I mean, when I talk to them, they're always like, oh yeah, we tried to do Kubernetes Tire Fire. Right. Or, you know, we tried to do Docker Swarm and it didn't scale for us and we landed on Nomad and it just works and we're really happy because that's always what I get is like, it's simple and mm-hmm. it, we're happy. And so I don't know. Nomad is probably pretty sticky, but I don't run across it a ton. Um, what I run across a lot is a lot of people trying to do Kubernetes. Um, but the Vault and Terraform, that's what I see. Yeah, I was going to say Terraform. I hear about that all the time. I oh, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. Is, it's That favorite. one is, seems yeah. like, maybe, I don't know, and maybe it is. Maybe we're underestimating they do have a, a, a small set of people that have signed up for that and uh, that, and are I paying mean, and found some good reason to pay for it. Because yeah, that is yeah. super popular. Wow, yeah. So that's that's <laughs> that's my, my take on, uh, and the, the funny thing is, like, HashiCorp and Chef, don't compete on any of these products, you know? So it's, it's this weird, like, you know, interlocking of, well, they do that and we do this, you know, and we're complimentary. And I, this was in my talk. I was like, you know, my first slide was like, chef loves Terraform. You're like, we ship Terraform, you know? <laughs> and I, I've had customers request us to ship like the HashiCorp vault gem. And I think, I think we ship vagrant, you know? So it's like, you know, but are you uh, not? Is Chef not going to be in Packard? Is not a competitive like overlap there? Am I? No, no, no. Because because Packard is literally like building an OS, uh-huh. and then snapshotting it. And so you might use Chef to configure that OS. Oh, but, I see. To yeah, build the image. It's, it's just image okay. Building. I see. So I could use yeah. Chef to build my to get it all out, and then I could snapshot the image with. Um, yeah, I mean, Packer would call okay. Chef and, hey, Chef, set this box up. And then, All right, so I'm just going to go, so HashiCorp's going to buy Chef. Let's just get that out there. I'll just throw that out there. Matt Ray, don't say anything. Just nod, <laughs> not, no, just nod quietly. I can see you on the video yeah. chat. You let us that know be, that happened. That would be That's- funny because there's probably <laughs> probably 20 former Chef people at Hashi. That's great. You all know each other already, so it'll be it'll be an easy integration. You can all write an email about how you everyone <laughs> likes each other because that's how these starts. Hey, we started meeting with the team, and it turns out they're really great. They're just like us. Yeah, so but there's also a lot of VC already wrapped up in yeah, both companies. Doesn't matter. In the, coming, in the coming in the coming months, VC won't matter anymore. Infinite money for all of us. Oh, I like that. Yeah, is there going to be a universal basic income for for corporations? universal basic investment that's that's what we're gonna have yeah you know that need to like grow your company's always fucking shit up that's like (laughs) it's always a bummer yeah well you know there's a few other things now now i vaguely remember what npm is that's basically like a a javascript packaging service that that you get your little javascript components for and now uh they're joining github Hopefully there'll yeah. be, you know, I don't know if they're voluntarily joining or there was some motivation for them to join. Uh, but, but I, I mean, I guess if it's like the, the, it's like the way that basically you package up and distribute, I mean, it must be like RPM, right? Where it's like, I want to install this JavaScript thing. And so I use NPM to do it. Then, I mean, that makes sense to be part of GitHub, right? Where this is sure, just like not? where all the code is better than SourceForge probably. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, they're still around. 
I mean, I think it makes the acquisition obviously makes sense. I just do not understand how they made money NPM. Like, I guess I, that's the part. I guess I didn't do enough investigate. Like, what is the what is the what was their I guess way of making money? And like, why why was that valuable to GitHub? I guess that was the most basic question to start with. I don't know. I mean, I did Whoa, they if Matt the, Ray doesn't uh, know, we're fucked. Well, I mean, I don't know. The, I was going to say, I don't know the terms of the acquisition, and I don't know what kind of money NPM was making. So if it was low, like, you know, there's been a lot of drama in the NPM community, maybe Microsoft wants to stabilize a large development community around themselves. Okay, now, that would make a lot of sense. That would seem like, you know, we're just going to step in and be a good... Uh, um, I guess what is it going to say? Um, take well, we'll take steward. care of this yeah, for every yeah, steward. Yeah. Thank you. That's also a good steward of this, and it does, of course, make a lot of sense, right? Because there's so much um, JavaScript and all that stuff out there. So I, I mean, so I guess good. I don't know. It's just one of those, uh, like, what's the financial side of that? So <laughs> it seems it. like they probably didn't go so well because because you alluded to it, um, and maybe a little pre-show talk that. There's been like I guess a checkered history because there was like lots some resignations from NPM, right? And there was I don't know. There's been some drama, so maybe they're just like figured it all out and just like okay, we're gonna sell it off and move on to other things. Well, listen, yeah. I, I'm doing I'm doing some uh, <clears throat> some research. It looks like if you want to pay them, you can run your own registry and then also do scanning for problems like vulnerabilities, which you know sounds pretty standard for registry stuff. That's great. Mm-hmm. For your your javascripts that's uh that's good that's good i always like mark build amazing things that's what you can do but with it to me that doesn't give you a five billion dollar valuation <laughs> oh well is that but that no no i'm just saying yeah you know, when you're talking about other valuations and acquisitions it's like yeah i don't know 40 million we'll have to investigate these things further or you know more realistically not and and just kind of just kind of it'll go. be an exercise to our Slack chat, or maybe somebody, yeah, someone will email us a little bit of uh, information about like what went down there. That that would be good, good for us to know. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's that. Yeah, sure. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I think I think as one final news item, just because I always find it uh, fascinating. The two ways. <clears throat> one, it looks like the ongoing Jedi contract with the Pentagon. For ten billion dollars, oh, yeah. which was awarded to Microsoft, now there's there's more there's more shenanigans going on, and you know I've kind of lost track. But when I le- read this new latest thing, it sounds like maybe they're going to split it up between Amazon and Microsoft or something. And every time I read about this, I'm just like, oh boy, this is how bad things happen. It's just like you know they're gonna th- there's gonna be some meetings five years in the future where some enterprise architect is like, I know you really want to run that on AWS, but we got to run this on. Uh, you know, Azure instead. Just like it doesn't, I know it doesn't make sense, but you got to run it over here because we got both of these things because, you know, what happened back then. And it really is, uh, it's funny that that arguing for using multiple things, the basis for that is that the, uh, you know, you're not going to get the best technology possible. So now you're going to have two of the best technologies possible to <laughs> always be uh, competing and integrating with, which which just seems, I don't know. And Who knows? And 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 you use Terraform to move stuff between them. That's right. Ooh, there <laughs> yeah. you go. Now I did. I did when I, I read the article we have linked here to Business Insider, and it said in in recent court documents there was some note that there was a uh, I think it was Amazon uh, suggested. I don't know what the legal words are, but Amazon says 
their suggestion is that there were some incorrect technical evaluations. So I feel like maybe in sheet 27A, cell GG92, someone had a little uh, finger problem and they put in the wrong number. And so there was some like evaluation done wrong in their feature matrix. Is, is Ten billion. It, like. it was supposed to be one billion. But what I wanted to know now this is this is this is the second thing. It was an example of like uh, an unfortunate omission. Is like it would have been great in the story if they wrote what that problem was instead of just saying that uh, that it happened. But I guess that's left as an exercise to go dig through some PDFs and find out what the uh, what the suggestion was about. But you know, good luck. Storming the well, castle look, there. Yeah, luckily people have all sorts of free time these days, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a uh, it'll be fun stuff. Well, it makes me it does make me wonder if someone has ever filed a uh, freedom of information, uh, what is it, FISA thing, and you could ask for like, yeah, I want to see the response to an RFP, oh, yeah. and you want to see these uh, oh, yeah. these answers. It would probably be hundreds of pages of a PDF. I can only imagine like what the um what yeah. the RFP look like. So that would be, yeah. So if you've got a lot of time on your hands, that would be, well, that would sure. be a good, a good chart is to find, um, <clears throat> get the average, uh, height. If you print it out of the papers that it took to like figure out buying some, an enterprise thing for in the commercial world to like print that out and see what the height was versus like in the government and see what the height was. And then kind of be like, here's your problem. Right. Like we have it took so much effort to make a decision that we're always like, you know, five years out of date and it takes all this time. And it's just I don't know. It's it seems uh seems kind of weird. Like they've been spending years now trying to figure out which one they're going to buy. Maybe maybe instead of buying it all at once, they should just buy it in like, you know, billion dollar increments. Maybe that would uh, make things easier. Or to your point, like maybe if they're going to have to settle it where like everybody gets a little bit is like maybe they could just like give it to two different groups. It's like so it's like, hey, one group will do Azure, one group does AWS. So at least, you know, one, you know, you don't have to kind of keep having oh, this conversation good. about moving back and forth. So maybe like one defense well, see, department gets. The, that was the whole point of Jedi was to unite the armed forces so instead it'll be like the navy gets azure you know mm -hmm. blue blue uh -huh. and oh, you know like the air force yeah. gets aws and uh army well you're going to be on soft layer and the marines i guess they go on oracle right it's like that's not going to happen well luckily right? there was lots of departments because we know the cia <laughs> is on aws right because they yes. had that announcement so maybe you pick one for jedi but like you just quietly behind the scenes you're like oh department of health contracts coming up or whatever pick there's a lot of other agencies Department of Treasury is going to need something here. We're, we're going to, you know, you did a good job, uh, Johnny. Come back next they, time. And, they, they got and, some mainframes. We'll, we'll take care of you on uh, in one of these other groups. Maybe that would be a way to, to make everyone happy. Mm. You know, so, and then also <clears throat> related to the future of situations like this, I forget if uh, we have this in the show notes, but there was a great write-up of uh, there's a lawsuit between Hertz and Accenture about some, some like, uh, I don't know, Hertz was not happy. And, uh, Failure to transform. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good write up of like there's a couple of things. One, there's a brief section on the stack that they have uh, of of how they're doing software. You got you got Angular, so you got some Mule in there, and some, one of the Adobe products. And uh, then it's just kind of like the back and forth of like <clears throat> how a large organization over multiple executives and years does like outsourcing thinking and how they they go through that. It's a <clears throat> it's a rare look into what those. Uh, those types of things look at. So that's some good, some good homework reading for you uh, for your extracurricular section. I, I like how we've just unloaded like 
all sorts of tasks for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> you know, just we're just collecting the links. That's what's going That's on right. here. Now, now in these times, someone asked recently, Brandon, are you still able to mail stickers out? Is that going to be possible? Yeah, yeah, I, I have a hundred percent ability to do that. Doesn't require any uh, human interaction. I can just put it in there and it goes away. Committed to there sticker distribution. So if you want yeah. stickers, you can email us at stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. Now, you want to send your mailing address, preferably your full mailing address, uh, if, if you want to get some stickers. And, and you'll get stickers for free. You don't have to pay for them. And then when you're, when, you're like, uh, when you're like our buddy Mr. Kitchens there, you're big there up on the stage, you've really made it, we'll have one of our listeners zoom in like some sort of Decker character and enhance onto your <laughs> laptop. And, uh, you know, we'll be happy that we're, we're finally hanging out with the cool people who make jokes about performance reviews. It'll, it'll be, uh, it'll be good stuff. Any other uh, feedback or anything we should go over, Brandon? No, just on a sad note, uh, for those of us in Austin, DevOps days, Austin 2020. So it's officially been canceled. So, uh, don't, uh, don't make any flight arrangements there. So JJ, Karthik and crew, uh, you know, maybe they'll announce some future plans here and we'll keep you posted. So sadly, that was going to be a big uh, software defined talk live event for us, but no more. And then I guess Matt Ray, you can talk about it. It's just uh, Chef, Chef Comp 2020, I think is all digital. Is that right? Uh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what I saw there. So don't, don't yeah. fly to Seattle. Just, just boot up your computer and you'll be ready yeah. to go. Luckily, uh, I, I had already bought my flights. <laughs> 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 and and the uh the corporate travel agency um if i'd done this directly i would have got my money back instead they got me credit on Qantas. okay and uh, uh Qantas has grounded 90 percent of their planes mm-hmm. and it's like i probably would have preferred to have you know had that money back because you know uh the credits will expire <laughs> yeah <laughs> in september like Oh great, great! Thanks for, yeah. for you're going for somewhere. My money. That's right. Uh, they're not. They're gonna no, have to actually, roll a plane out just for you. I, I can't go anywhere. So uh, Australia shut their borders, and mm-hmm. uh, the only people allowed coming into Australia are citizens and permanent residents, and I am neither of those things. So if I leave the country, I can't come back to Australia. Well, Matt, right, it's a great time to fly to Melbourne. Or the Gulf, <laughs> was the Gold, Gold Coast? I don't know. It's the only two places that other I know in Australia. Time go to go back and forth to Perth. I'm not going to make it to Executive Platinum this year. I got a bad feeling. It's all right. It's all right. There's going to be a, a, a program where everyone gets advanced up. All of us are getting adv- Executive Platinum. That's what I heard. Uh, yeah. Oh. But the lounge, still closed. That's right. <laughs> oh, all, all those sad cheese cubes. Just, just, just before we move on to recommendations, I do want to call out one thing that we did put in kind of the nonsense section because I'm always looking for you know the more mundane examples of digital transformation. Someone created a calculator for how much toilet paper you need. So there's a, if you go there, you can, uh, it's called the, the coronavirus toilet paper calculator. So thank you for putting that in there. You can put in exactly how many rolls you have, uh, your, uh, your output, should we say, your project output, and we'll tell you exactly what you need. So again, appreciate the uh, digital transformation that everyone's doing for everyone. So check that out. I think this might be a good exercise for my kids in their mathematics section. Just like, how would you, uh, today we did a thing, you know, where you measure out how long a Mako shark is, and then you try to uh, estimate that and figure out your steps and everything. <clears throat> but they would totally be into anything involving poop. I think, yeah. I think that's. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They already have to go review my, uh, my, my 
recordings on on YouTube. <laughs> well, oh, that's that's true. Be their, I'm going to put uh, it in the queue. You're right. You're right. Good save, yeah, that's Matt. That's going to be their English lesson. Their mathematics lessons will be uh, word yes. problems dealing with uh, toilet paper. That's true. We're going to have rhetoric and uh, and and literature, and then also reading, writing, arithmetic. As as they call it over here is hilarious. <laughs> I was looking at. They call it maths. It's adorable. Yeah, math, maths. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Australian schools aren't closed, so my kids are learning some stuff. Oh, that's good. Wearing their cute little outfits. Yep. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I didn't have anything else to say. So since I don't, <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> what do you have to recommend this week? Well, lots of times to watch stuff. I uh, started the new Devs series on FX. So it's uh, it's only, I think, two or three uh, episodes up. But you can watch. You can catch it uh, on FX. I think I watch it on uh, Hulu, which is uh, real easy for me. So Devs, is, uh, it's, I guess it's a... Uh, it's a look at a, a technology executive and a project he's doing and some of the dark craziness that comes from it. But I think if you if you listen to this podcast, you'll probably enjoy it. So if you've got some extra time on your hands, you know, fire up the Hulu, check out Devs. It's the, uh, the guy who did uh, Annihilation and Ex Machina. Exactly. Oh. exactly. Mm. Right. Whose name I cannot say, but that's exactly right. I can't that, remember. that guy. That's that why guy. I said the guy. Exactly. Yeah, if you like those stuff, I really liked Ex Machina. I can say that very well. Uh, so yeah, if you like that, you'll like devs. How about yourself, Matt Ray? What do you have to recommend? Well, uh, I, I have two recommendations uh, for for the DevOps inclined listeners. Um, Tim Hartford, uh, he's an economist. He's written some books, got some podcasts. He's got a, a new newish podcast series called Cautionary Tales. It's about um, things failing and going wrong, and it's the sort of stuff that. Uh, you know the the John Allspaws and 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 the like, uh, you know the SRE types. Um, they should really enjoy this podcast. It's uh, um, it's quite good. Um, they're you know, I'll I'll just encourage people to go listen to that. Um, despite the fact that he does have a British accent, which drove my daughter nuts for some reason. <laughs> She's like, no, uh, but whatever. Um, anyway, and then I just finished reading a book about uh, the band called the KLF. I don't know if you remember them from the late 80s, 90s. Uh, they had uh, Justified and Ancient. Um, they were this kind of you know band that I never really. I'm still not like a huge fan, but this book is uh, had you know just a, a real uh, um, head head scratcher about what they were up to. They were very big into um, uh, Discordian movement, uh, which is like this whole nihilism, uh, anti-art kind of thing. And uh, the band concluded with them burning a million uh, pounds in cash uh, because they were rejecting the power of money over people. So uh, Hmm. there's a lot of tangents in this book about uh, economic theory and Timothy Leary and you know the fact that the guys who wrote the Discordian stuff were managing the letters to the editor for Playboy magazine in the sixties and seventies, and like Robert Anton just, Wilson, yes, huh? <laughs> oh man, the book. I mean, the <laughs> band is like the music is like oh, whatever, but it's a fun book and it's free on Kindle uh, Unlimited. Oh. So, oh, is that is you know, Kindle Unlimited a good idea, Matt Ray? Uh, I think they're having a two months for free thing right now, but, um, or is it the Kindle library? So if you've got a, if you've got the, uh, Amazon prime, I think you can check out 10 books at a time. Whoa. 
Wow. Something like that. I don't know. That's, I got that, it, that's I got a it. recommendation. There we go. I got it for free. So, you know, there's a link in the show notes. Uh, it was in our, you know, books chat for a while. Um, yeah, I, I highly enjoyed the book. Uh, a lot of tangents. Found myself, you know, watching their, their music videos and scratching heads. And, hmm. um, yeah. I will say, I'll put, we'll put, uh, there's a good art, uh, interview with, um, the author of that book by Ezra Klein. And uh, yeah. I'll put it in the uh, the uh, show notes here. So if you want to, if you're not committed to a full book, you can listen to the interview. And uh, I will second. It's just I don't know. It's crazy. It's hard to describe. So you just have to listen to it to, to understand it. Do you do you do you think your your Ezra Kleins and your Tyler Cohens and other people who like talk to authors like do they actually read their books? Like how do they find the time? They're so thoughtful. <laughs> like like do they arrange their schedule where they're like Tuesday to Wednesday? read this book or, or, or is it more like, you know, in their, it, it's, it's more like they just read it in their free time. Like what, what, how do they do that? I, I think know. they have a job where they make a lot of money from podcasting and uh, therefore they actually have the, uh, the time, you know, cause we read hours and hours a week for, for free for these people, but, uh, they actually go out and, uh, um, do it that way. That's at least they always make it sound like they've read the book. And I believe, I think, I'm gonna guess like Ezra Klein and if actually does it right because some of them I think have like they really would feel bad if they didn't. I think a lot of other people don't. So hmm. that would be my guess. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that book looks kind of like fun. Have you have you did you ever reread the Illuminati trilogy in your later age? I have not ever read it, and, what? and that was one of the things that the author pointed out. I was like, I didn't read this. I didn't read that until I was like 90 percent of the way done with the book, and uh. it turned out like there's all sorts of crap going on and the story that lines up with that. And like the guys in the band hadn't read it either. It, it, it's just a crazy, crazy story. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good recommendation. I would like to recommend if you want to demonstrate uh, that money should not have power over people, you don't have to burn it. You can just give it to me and I, I will be a black hole for the power <laughs> see, that, that see, money that's exerts. What, that, that was the point. The money still has power and influence in the world. They were like, we can't give this away because the money still exists. We have to take, we have to de- oh, deny yes. money its power. Hmm. And like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I don't know. I want to, I want to convert that power into like, you know, good bread. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's what I yes. want, but that's fair. Well, that's fair. That'll be next week's recommendation. Did you get to the point in the, in the, in the book that you're going to stop reading Brandon, where the barbers have a bunch of money in their closet. They're kind of like their own KLF. They just instead of burning it, they just you know use it to hold up the uh, shelves in the closet. I don't know if that's a spoiler, but <laughs> if it is, I haven't read it, so and I don't feel bad. I'm, I don't. I'm you didn't spoil anything for me. Oh, yeah. I probably wasn't going to make it there. I have a simple recommendation. <clears throat> I have two recommendations. There's this down at the neighborhood fancy wine shop. They got this really great Beaujolais from France. That's a wine, very mellow. However, I failed to take a picture of the label before this podcast so I could tell you the exact one. You know, you go into your American grocery store, they got basically like one Beaujolais with the flowers. You would instantly recognize the label if you've ever looked in the uh, the wine section. But they got one down here that's like 15 euros, which it's really hard to find a bottle of wine in Europe that costs more than 10 euros. So this is good stuff. But it's a nice wine. So... uh you should buy that, even though you don't know what it is. Maybe I'll find it and put a picture in it. But <laughs> it'll be on our Instagram. That's right. I have, I have, I have an even more pragmatic uh, recommendation for these times. Now you can't see a video, but we do have a video on. 
I've got this little sign. Now, let me tell you what I use this little sign for. I was recording uh, a video for uh, for our spring live thing going on right now. And when I watched some of the, the rehearsals, I found that, like, you know, I'm looking down at the screen at my slides. But if you're recording a video for a presentation, you should kind of be looking dead on at people. Uh, that's a terrible way of putting it, dead on. You should be looking... friendly at the camera and so i made this little sign out of a piece of paper and it's got an arrow pointing up and underneath it it says look up and so when i'm recording or maybe if i want to you know make people think i like their video call i just i put this little sign leaning up against my uh my screen here so every time i look down at the screen i see look up and i go oh look up and then i look up at the camera so that's my recommendation Make yourself a little look up piece of paper and see, <laughs> see how that works out. Cause you'll notice, like, you'll catch yourself. You'll be like, Oh, I've been, I've been staring off in the distance. Like I'm in some kind of fucking documentary where they interview someone and he never looks at, he or she never looks in the camera. But if you're going to have video on, you might as well be, um, looking at people, I think. Uh, so as always, when you're thinking about how you're going to look up, are you trying to understand the power of money? Uh, you know, before that or after that, definitely not during, you've been listening to softwaredefinedtalk.com, the podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, including maybe an actual name for that bottle of wine I recommended, not the bottle, the type of wine, uh, then you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 223. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Unlisted flight northeast of you. Worm sign on intercept course. Estimated contact, 15 minutes. Have sighting confirmed. Stand by for fix. Contact in 16 minutes minus. Very precise estimate. Who's on that unlisted flight? What happens now? The carry-all will come and lift off the spice harvester. Try to get in close over the harvester. You'll find this interesting. They'll work until the very last minute. Spotter control. There's no sign of the carry-all. It isn't answering.